0: Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I spoke with Zara Jan from her home in London. Zara takes us through her expat journey of several years living and working in Seoul, South Korea, onto graduating with an MA in Sustainable Textile Design and then working as a licensed designer for Disney and Warner Brothers, amongst many others, in London. We get into Zara's new business, Jan Smith Studio, and how motherhood has helped her spark new creative ideas and energy. Her concept is to produce children's wall art incorporating bold, playful, colourful imagery and it looks fantastic. There's chat about why Instagram is a melting pot of inspiration and how time-consuming it can be. But we give you a couple of hacks to help you along the way. There's chat about where Zara gets her inspiration from and which artists she really admires. Finally, Zara shares her hopes and aspirations for the business in the months ahead and getting paid to watch movies during your working day. Without further ado, Zara Jan. Joining me today is Zara Jan. Zara, it's nice of you to join me.
1: It's lovely to join you, Craig.
0: (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about your latest project and. One or two other things in between, but let's start with your expat journey, you know. How did you get to where you are today?
1: So it was a really long journey to get to where I am career-wise. When I first went to uni, I studied fine art, which is kind of related to what I do, but it was so broad a subject, which is actually the reason why I chose it, because At that time, I was, you know, 18, didn't really know what I wanted to do, but knew that I loved art and design and being creative generally. So I didn't really want to narrow down my options too much because if I chose a specific design course, then it would mean I'd have to follow that path. So I chose um, quite a broad uh, course, fine art. But then after graduating, I was just so bewildered by all the options that, all, all of career opportunities that I could possibly have and didn't know what to do. And so that was when I fled off to Korea <laughs> to kind of avoid that decision for a few years. Well, actually, originally I only wanted to go for a few months, but I just loved it there so much that I ended up staying four years. Um, <laughs> this is usually and,
0: the case, right? It's, uh, yeah, this is more This is more the norm than the exception. I mean, I said this... Yeah, in, it was, you just
1: don't realise it how... It's
0: years for me, so it's... Yeah, it's...
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just loved it there so much that I just, yeah, ended up staying four years. And uh, it was only after Korea that I really started to think about where, what I wanted to do career wise, because obviously in Korea we were teaching English. And although I loved living there, I just knew English teaching wasn't for me because I I wasn't creative enough and I wasn't able to do things I loved on a daily basis like illustrate or draw. Creative in
0: another way though.
1: Creative, definitely creative (laughs) in another way, but not being able to draw and illustrate all the time. I was kind of like, uh. So after Korea... I then did a couple of design internships and then an MA in uh, textile design, which is sustainable textile design. And and then it was after that, that my career really took off in in design and I became a licensed designer. So that meant I was um, designing garments for the high street um, using all licensed products. So like, you know disney warner brothers music licenses like you know the ramones is like the biggest selling license for example like doing putting their designs on t-shirts and garments for uh, men's and women's wear and then i here i am now after matt leave with my own company
0: excellent and what kind of time frame are we talking about when you were in south korea to to leaving and then doing your internships and that? What, what kind of timeframe was well,
1: that? Well, yeah, it's been, so I'd say probably I've been working as a designer for about nine years. Was it seven years? It was, we got back from Korea in 2011 and since then I kind of immediately started a design internship with a jewelry designer Bex Rocks and during that time that's when I did my MA in uh, sustainable textile design because I kind of knew I wanted to go into some kind of print design because I was really all of all of my work has always been like focused around imagery bold colors you know cool graphics so jewelry design wasn't quite hitting it for me because it wasn't as imagery based as I needed it to be Mm. and then I, I got my first job in license design in 2014 so in this particular field it's been about what was that, six years of working in that but then there was two years before then so about eight years of working in design and going from job to job to job as well i went to quite a lot of jobs like my first job i was working as a print designer for license garments that doing mainly asos so i don't know if you know the online store asos so all of their design license design i was I was looking after. And then I went on to doing Primark, which was kind of a contradiction towards my sustainable fashion degree. You
0: could have paid the bills, though, yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly, the most. But actually, you know what? It's interesting because you learn so much when you're actually in the field as opposed to when you're just studying it, you know, and you know, sustainable textile jobs are really, really hard to come about. So actually to be in a job like that actually opened my eyes much further because I got to go and visit factories and I got to go and see actually how things are done from the other end and maybe put forward some, some of my feedbacks on how I thought they could change things you know mm. so I mean, it wasn't it, that a lot of ways venomous it,
0: sorry in a lot of ways did that complete the circle for you then you know when you actually got to see kind it from of. another point of view
1: yeah yeah kind of because you see things from another point of view you realize that the change is really really hard to come about you know like especially in in the consumer world where consumer patterns have been building for such a long time you can't just i mean there are some shops who are really trying like h&m you know to have like a conscious collection but it's not gonna be an overnight change. You realise that when you're when you're when you're working in it, you know, and any any kind of little thing you can do to chip away to kind of change people's attitudes from the inside, I feel is helping anyway. So I didn't feel that bad about it, you know. Uh,
0: getting back to the design part then, how would you describe yourself? Are you more a visual artist or it's sustainable? You, I'll let you explain what, how, what you yeah, are. Yeah,
1: I'm definitely a visual artist and sustainability is something that I try to keep core to the work. Um, like after I did my MA, um, which uh, doing my MA just really educated me a lot on just how unsustainable fashion in particular is, you know. Um, so much gets sent to landfill, um, especially with like fast fashion you know fast fashion has become so huge over the last couple of decades um people wear wear something they buy around I think around five times and then it just gets sent uh to landfill basically and because because they're so cheap as well to purchase they can't even be resold because you know like back in like the early 90s and the 80s you'd go to charity shops to like pick stuff up I I was well, I used to always go to charity shops to buy like cool old vintage stuff but The things that are being sold in fast fashion are not even worthy of a charity shop because you could probably buy them cheaper in the actual original store than you could in a charity shop. And because they're so low quality, people don't really want to repurchase them. So they do end up in landfill. So that was really, really eye-opening for me during my MA. And that's why um, during my MA, I created a collection of sustainable garments which were biodegradable. So the idea was that they were paper dresses. And the idea was um, they were all biodegradable and you know you would buy them in biodegradable plastic packaging and wear them a couple of times and then throw them away but they were biodegradable so you know you wouldn't be you wouldn't we wouldn't be ending up in landfill or anything like that so um yeah that was the idea to do something like that and because I think it's really hard to change consumer patterns like you can you can say oh you know you can create like a really expensive garment that people will wear over a longer period of time but that's harder to do because consumers are just used to buying things like every couple of weeks or months for like new events that they go to you know that's that's gonna be really hard to change I think it's easier to give them an option to do that but then chuck it away in a clean way
0: I mean, for someone like Zara, who's a complete outsider in the world of fashion or design, what kind of price point would you sell something that you created, for example, you created for your master's degree project? What kind of yeah. price point is that? Because this is what I think what people are a bit afraid of. They might think when you hear words like biodegradable, they think, well, it must be more yeah. expensive then, right? It yeah. gives a different kind of connotation.
1: yeah. Well, I never, um, you know, I never prepared it ready, ready to go for retail, but in an ideal world, I would like to price them, especially since they were paper dresses and, and, um, you know, biodegradable and made to be thrown away at a at a fast fashion price point so that would be you know under 10 pounds something which is really really affordable something that you know you can purchase every couple of weeks for a new event or even like a festival I thought a festival could be like a perfect a perfect kind of event for buying a dress you know like people go out and buy wellies and cool outfits for like Glastonbury and the festivals and stuff and then sometimes don't wear them ever again or they end up in a charity shop not really to be bought, but I thought that could be a really cool idea to just have people buy like a cool paper dress that like has their favourite band on it or has just like some cool design related. Mm, there's and a lot of points of And yeah, and people aren't going to spend like, you know, hundreds of pounds on that. So yeah, a, a, a good cheap price point for a you know a dress that you're going to throw away definitely under 10 pounds would be great i've always worked all of in all of the jobs i've done like working for asos and primark and disney the the price point of the garments has been quite low you know it's been like under 12 pounds a tea because accessible and I, i i really do believe that design should be accessible to everyone you know like i'm personally not someone who wears like really expensive labels or expensive brands I'm inspired by their design, you know. I love seeing their catwalk shows, but I'm I'm not a purchaser of those brands, you know. I can't really justify that expense. Um, mm. So I, I do believe that fashion, fashion and high end fashion should be accessible to everyone, but it's just about finding a way to do it in a clean way that we don't end up in a world full of just rubbish and landfill.
0: Yeah, that's a big problem, right? As you were, Yeah. As you were. This is your commercial background and stuff, and then you had yeah. a break when you. You had your son, and now yeah. you're venturing out into the, the world of business in your own. Why don't you tell us about your new project?
1: So this came. It's been a long time coming because I've worked for a couple of different companies now. You know, like I, I did I work for ASOS, for Primark, and Disney. Um, really, really, really enjoyed working for Disney. But while I, while I was working with them, you know, I always had a niggling at the back of my head. Like I just, I've got all of these ideas that I want to execute and. You know, when you're working for someone else, you're working to someone else's brief, basically, you know, so, you know, you, you you can have your own handwriting as much as you can to a certain degree, but at the end of the day, you're executing someone else's idea. You know, when I became a mum, I, w- I went on mat leave from Disney and I had like, you know, <laughs> many, many months of just like rocking Teo to sleep, nappy changes, very, very, very exhausting days. And I just thought I really need something to just like get me back into being creative, you know, just like a break away from it all, because it's kind of like um, therapy for me in a way, like doing art drawing something or painting exactly. something right. or doing a picture it's like right. a therapy you know i like, totally it's just
0: understand like... it's the same play music or whatever, whatever yeah. people's avenue is whether it's uh writing or you know telling jokes yeah. or whatever their way out is it's therapeutic exactly
1: yeah exactly and that's I guess that's you know that's just what i needed at that time specifically so it's really it was really exhausting to look after Tayo all year on my own so there was hardly any time to really do anything but at the, the times I f- actually what i found was uh, that had such small pockets of time and around when he was napping or after he'd go to sleep that I actually became really really productive because suddenly I realized oh my god I've only got an hour to basically do my own thing <laughs> so then I was just like you know creating like really cool drawings within like an hour which wasn't happening before Taylor because it would take me an hour to like get into the vibe of what I wanted to do so um then the moment's yeah, gone you know yeah exactly <laughs> He's going you to think out, I'm like, I might take a nap myself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> been wanting to do it for a while since last year you know I came well I've known Etsy for a while and I thought I could I could probably sell on Etsy because I've seen other things that other people are doing on Etsy and I I, you know I really like the stuff that loads of people are doing and I'm thinking to myself I can I think I can do something like that so originally to be honest my idea was just to create like digital images and not actually sell hard prints because I see a lot of people doing this on Etsy so they're literally just selling like a jpeg file and the person buys it and then prints it out themselves, which is a pretty cool idea because you obviously don't have to have any inventory to start up, and then people can get the artwork immediately, and then they can either print it at home or go to a print shop and print the file. What I was I, I did open a store like that, but what I was finding was a lot of people were just saying I'd really prefer an actual hard printout. So I thought so I found like a really cool printing company online who all print to order. So what what my business is is basically i do um, children's specifically children's wall out and and some adult stuff as well and it's just really bold playful colorful imagery and lots of the pieces can be personalized so you can have your child's name on the piece of artwork and so it's all print to order as well so yeah the name of your
0: business
1: is (laughs) yes the name (laughs) is John Smith studio so that's my surname Zara John Smith double-barreled since I married my husband Tormon Smith and so yeah John Smith studio
0: and how is it going so far so before we kind of started recording we were talking about how long it's not just the idea process of putting it into place but how long has it been let's just say from when it actually started when you, you press the play button and how long's that
1: been yeah um so I it's been a while coming it's been over a year because last year actually I notification of it's been a year since I bought the domain name and that was when I was like oh god I need to do something with it because I hadn't actually made a website at all (laughs) so I bought the domain name for dance studio like a year ago and I had this idea for a year it's been six weeks since I've I've had the the website and Instagram page live but it's been over a year that I've been planning the business. So it's taken, it's taken a while to get here because I really wanted to get the designs right. You know, like I really want to be really, really happy with what I'm selling and really, really happy. And you know, as an artist, you can can do stuff and then just the next day, wake up and just hate it. And that's what I did. I did a collection um, last year in last April, um, of what I probably did about 40 artworks and then just a week later I looked at them all and I thought I hate these I just hate them I don't want anybody to see them I don't want anybody to buy them oh, and I just thought no 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 no. if I'm doing this I've got to spend a lot of time um, uh, creating designs that I actually like that I would buy that I would have in Teo's room because otherwise, you know, no one else is going to believe in it if you don't believe in it, you know? So, so from then, I, I just kind of spent a lot of time making the designs. And what actually took uh, the longest time was orchestrating the photography of all of the designs, you know, for the Instagram page and for the website, because I knew that had to uh, the, the photo shoots of um, the interiors had to look really, really good in order to, you know, try and show people how, how it could look in a space. So that actually took quite a while. So it took about six weeks to do all of the photographs.
0: And because it looks fantastic, though. I mean, it yeah, just, it, does it was really fun to do. I, I mean, really enjoyed it. If your point is that, to catch people's eyes or people's attention, you know, then I think you're you're onto something because yeah, it's bold and bright. And, yeah, yeah, all of those things that you describe, you know. So it's yeah, uh,
1: I really enjoyed doing it. I think that does show, and it's like I actually I was quite surprised because. Um, I actually enjoyed the bits other than designing quite a lot, you know, because I'd finished, I'd, I loved doing the designs and making the artwork. But when I'd finished that, I had to do all of the photography and editing photos, which took a hell of a long time. But, um, and I just thought, Oh, that's all the LaRoya stuff. But actually that's the stuff that I really, really enjoy like setting up like cool little interiors and you know like buying cute things for Taya's room and you know i doubled up by keeping most of the stuff for the photo shoots (laughs) for Taya's room so
0: (laughs) so there's a lot of small boy type toys as opposed to maybe less female toys or yeah it's a little
1: well see that is an interesting point craig you see Because we're living in a world of like uh, things being gender neutral now. And we were actually having this conversation. I was having this conversation with Tormod, my husband, about Teo, our son. And, um, you know, I've had this conversation with quite a few parents about uh, do you have gender specific toys for your child or are they all gender neutral? And uh, Teo, I mean, Teo doesn't actually have any dolls. I think I do need to purchase a doll for him just to see how he reacts to it. But I'd say um apart from that, all of his toys are quite gender neutral, you know. They don't, you know, he's he hasn't got like a whole load of like trucks or bands or stuff like that. It's just kind of like stuff that, you know, are both applicable to boys mm. and girls. But interestingly, he's just gone for the trucks. Like he is obsessed with anything with vehicles. And I'm like, um, I thought gender wasn't a social construct. Maybe it maybe it is, because I haven't pushed. I haven't pushed any of, like, this, like, boy stuff on him, but, like, he suddenly seems to be obsessed with all of this kind of, like, boy stuff. But, um... No, going back to like the the gender neutral stuff like we kind of want to just have every have him exposed to all kinds of toys and let him choose, you know, like not be specifically like you can you can't wear pink and you can't right. play with dolls and this stuff put in that, one box instead of the other. Yeah, thing, putting right. in one box like just want him to basically decide what he wants to play with, what he wants to what he wants to like and what he wants to not like because I think the the issue of, of gender is really really interesting and current in in this society today you know exactly, and yeah gender being a social construct it is interesting to see like um how much of it um is is innate and how much of it it is actually a social construct
0: I mean when kids watch a Disney film like the Little Mermaid or Aladdin yeah. or Frozen or whatever do they associate it as a they just associate it as a film you know it's not really yeah. about okay yeah. they, they maybe understand the characters are male
1: yeah female, mermaids exactly. or whatever
0: but it's just a, it's just a film right it's just part of yeah enjoying yeah, it but and when I
1: even... worked when I worked at Disney um uh we used to be able to see screenings of movies all the time there was a cinema in the building it was so cool but was a uh, job I, eh? yeah literally and I was like <laughs> this is while I was working you know like doing work hours we used to have to go and watch movies for our job it was blooming great that was family. literally the best job of my life <laughs> um but <laughs> yeah I took some of Tormon's and my little cousins to one of the screenings, which was Moana, um, which was like this one of uh, Disney's newest princesses. She's a Polynesian princess. So she's like the uh, protagonist of the film and they were a couple of boys. So it was, yeah, two little eight year old boys and they absolutely adored the film. You know, like they weren't kind of like, oh, this is a girl's film or this, that and the other. They, you know, they totally got into it. The fact that she was a, a female protagonist, not I mean I didn't have any problem with it so kids really have a concept of gender um in terms of what they consume as much as people maybe say they do
0: completely agree with get getting back to your your projects are like the the jan smith studio yeah uh, where where can we predominantly buy so you were talking about the website
1: yeah, so I've got my website, which is www.johnsmithstudio.com. With two A's. Um, two A's, so J W A N Smith Studio, all one word, dot um, com. And then I've also got um, Instagram, where you can find me and like chat. And send me a message or look at what I've been doing most recently. So the Instagram is um, at John Smith Studio, and you know I'm kind of focusing on growing the Instagram at the moment because I know a lot of customers will will be able to find me through there. It's a good Instagram is such a good channel to be able to find like creative, inspirational things that you kind of like want to follow and um, small businesses as well. So yeah, I thought Instagram would be a really good portal. For people to find me and on Instagram I also just share just general images that I like you know not just Mm. my own work like I've been sharing quite a few books by black and minority ethnic authors recently because I, I really want Teo to you know be what's the word to kind of like be immersed in all different kinds of literature and you know, see representations of himself in in literature and film and art, which is something you know, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement at the moment, yeah. it's really highlighted how I grew up, which was not really having myself represented in any in, in books, children's books, or films, or magazines, or anything, you know. And that that's definitely changing now, which is really good with uh, with this movement. But um, I think it's really really important to push that and to you know make sure that my son has 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 um, a whole array of literature from black authors people of color um so he can see you know what multicultural world we live in exactly
0: and we should say we're we speak well I'm speaking from Dortmund of course and you're speaking from
1: London speaking yeah. from London which is our latest destination where well, it has been a destination for the last eight years now after Korea
0: I, I was going to say the plans to move on but we won't get there yet right that's a whole, yeah. other, <laughs> whole other episode I think you know, where, yeah. we might need to get Tormod on for that one as well oh yeah <laughs> your, your actual project or does it take you long to put the images together you know for Instagram because one of the things that I quite notice is uh, how time consuming it is to make a post yeah, and when I see like other people's posts i think, like man they're much better at this than I am Right? Like, how do they yeah. get Swipe it's up surprisingly and
1: all of this. time consuming it I mean, is it's really surprisingly time consuming and to write the copy for the post is really time consuming as well yeah what I usually do is i do it the night before like so i write the copy in notes and then I plan out like what i'm gonna post the night before and then I just post it in the morning so I don't have to like think about it while i'm doing it so like yeah with the image with the images for instagram i just while i was doing the photo shoots for john smith studio photographing all of my prints and um, cool interiors that they could slot into that is when i just uh took like um, a big backlog of photograph that i kind of just thought was cool imagery and wanted to share on instagram and at the moment for instagram i've just kind of got a database of all lovely images that um you know, I want to share and then I usually the night before plan what I'm gonna post the next day. And also though, but because Instagram is so instant and social media generally is so instant, you know, you want to often want to post things which are um, related to current issues like the recent uh, Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. upsurgence or, or anything like that so if if that's the case then I'll just make I'll you know I'll use Taya's nap time to to make a cool image or yeah to try with something else because I'm, I'm still at the stage where I'm just trialing everything and I really want to I'm really interested in animation as well so I'm kind of like testing out a few like little bits of stop motion animation which you will see if you go on my Instagram because I've got a few little stop motion animations on there yeah so I'm kind of just taking it day by day using a backlog of images that I created before and then also posting things as I learned them like if I learn a new stop motion animation technique I'll post it the next day or... so it's a, it's a it's a way to share your creative work at the end of the day mm-hmm. and like you know I didn't realize until I actually started Johnston Studio like how much talent there is on Instagram there's so much creative talent on there like every day I stumble across like 10 new accounts of like cool illustrators I want to follow it's just amazing that's an
0: interesting point there because when you say about uh, that I want to follow How have you found the people following you? I mean, have they come from London? Have they come from Thinkly?
1: Yeah, well, in my insights, because you get insights as a business profile, it says that most of the people are from London. And I've got a few in South Korea, a few fans in South Korea, but I suspect they are the friends i have in south korea who have followed me it's a load um,
0: i think it's okay yeah, <laughs> it's allowed, <right>? it's,
1: uh... <laughs> yeah um, mainly from london mainly from the uk i think there's a couple in manchester as well and glasgow obviously we've got a glasgow connection because my husband's from glasgow a few friends there as well but yeah it seems to be quite london-centric for my followers but i have noticed like manchester is creeping up That was one of the places I thought, oh, okay. I don't actually know anyone in Manchester, so that must be people I don't know. And it's interesting because lots of the people following me, I have similar businesses towards me, you know, to me. I find that I'm following people with similar businesses, you know, just to kind of, be inspired, see what they're doing, get inspiration, and so that's how I've found a couple of really, really cool artists and businesses because they've started following me, and I've looked back to see who they are, and they themselves have got some really amazing artwork and imagery. So it's just um, it's a melting pot of inspiration. And it's, yeah, just, it's a great uh, way of
0: keeping quite... you on your toes. Yeah, like uh, yeah. When, you, when you think of something, you okay, I might you're not going to blag it right you're not going to take it yeah right? but you think okay that's quite like, so I look I mean yeah another way of putting something similar into your own concept yeah
1: exactly and, um, but that's what it is to be an artist isn't it like you can't you can't be an artist without being inspired by things yeah, um when that day you comes know,
0: it's another another story right
1: it's yeah um, exactly so inspiration is all around and I take inspiration for all these people who who are who are following me and who also are doing their own work you know the it's, it's amazing to see and there's a lots of like, there's lots of specifically mum centric artists who are doing some pretty cool artwork, you know, and I think being, you know, like a mum Instagrammer, you kind of have a camaraderie with the other mum Instagrammer because you think, yeah, you've also done it during the nap time. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to you know it's nice because people can comment and send you messages so you know people admiring your work you can have like a conversation with them about it you know it's not just the website have a look at the website and you know they couldn't have their own thoughts about it you can actually have an open discussion with people and hear what people your people's opinions on your work which is really really nice
0: speaking of when you get um like some ideas for the future so you've been going for six weeks more or less yeah at this yeah. period in time in the, at the end of june as we record this what what are your plans for the future then what what would you where would you see it going where would you like to see it going What are your ideas for the future?
1: I want to be a millionaire. Yeah, that, that was mean, a classic. I,
0: I, Only fools and horses, line there. Yeah, I'm not I, mistaken. I know.
1: Actually, so. talking <laughs> of inspiration, I like, used that as a reference. <laughs>
0: this
1: time next year, next time I next to year. <laughs> <laughs> I'd i I'd like to grow John Smith Studio a lot. You know, I've always wanted to have my own business, and so to have it started and have the interest I've had on Instagram has been absolutely amazing. You know, and I'd just like to grow it. I'd like to grow the Instagram following. I'd like to grow the brand. Maybe in the future, perhaps license out the designs or, or sell in bigger, bigger stationery stores. Who knows? Alongside that, though, I think I'm still not done with my career because, you know, I'm a I'm a licensed designer by trade, uh, designing apparel for the high street. And I do really, really love doing that still. I loved that as a job. I absolutely loved working in that field you know lots of people can say that their jobs are nine just they're nine to five and that's it but it wasn't the case for me I really really enjoyed what I was doing so I don't think that's over for me and you know yeah I still I still like to do that in the future it's just looking at which opportunity is going to best fit into my lifestyle now that I have Tao I still want I still want to do that and I want to grow Johnson Studio. it's just about finding a balance between the two I guess we're going to have to watch this space but for now I'm just like with the lockdown that we've had in the UK um it's been basically impossible for me to do any freelance work um you know for the stuff that I was doing for Disney or Primark just because there's been no one to look after Taylor because usually my mum and my auntie would come around and you know look after him and while I work it's not been possible so I've just kind of like focused on Johnson Studio like at my own leisure you know because I know that there's no like hard deadlines that I need to get to or anything. Um, so I'm just going to carry on doing that while I can Um, I'm really enjoying it and I I do hope that it it does grow
0: yeah I mean I think uh, from tiny acorns and all that stuff it's uh, yeah I think what comes across those are uh, in the way that you're describing your business is it's not just work it's more about passion like when your work is your passion or your work is your hobby these things yeah make a huge difference to what you may be what you're producing or what your content is
1: yeah yeah totally because i've worked in jobs where i've clock watched <laughs> i mean some of those jobs in korea i mean i loved i did like being an english teacher but i remember there was quite a few times that i'd be watching clock where i thought that come on come on come <laughs> on and that just doesn't happen like what, what when you're working for yourself with johnson studio it's the opposite you know i'm like running out of time to to do all of the ideas that I want to do. And that's the other thing, you know, like I'm quite an immediate person. I need like immediate results. And when I get an idea in my head, like a bee in my bonnet, I just need to do it immediately. So usually, like, like for example, with the Black Lives Matter debate going on recently, with, with the conversation around Black Lives Matter that's going yeah. on recently, I just had this idea that would be really cool to do printables for kids. So a way of, like, having the conversation with kids, but kind of in a more palatable way for children. So I just thought, oh, it would be so cool to make colouring sheets that were free and accessible to everyone, that parents could print out had animals going on protests and everyone's equal and topics about diversity but in a more palatable way so as soon as I got that idea I just thought I need to do this right away so as soon as Tayo went to bed and he's been going to bed really late recently at like 10 o'clock I just drew, drew a couple of designs up photographed them and then posted it the next day and if anybody's interested they're all free to download at my website John Smith Studio, and yeah, there's four coloring sheets about diversity and Black Lives Matter for um, kids to color. If anyone's interested, that's what I'm saying. I just, I just like immediate results, you know. So I think that's why working on the computer, creating designs, really, really works for me. Because when I was studying art, you know, I was using different mediums like oil painting, collage, photography, but they weren't as immediate as as designing on a computer, which is what I really, really like. Because you know, if Something goes wrong i can just go edit undo or if i if i don't like the color of something i can just really quickly and easily just change it whereas with oil paintings you'd like do a couple of strokes that you weren't happy with and then it was like they're just there to stay unless you like paint or you take days to paint over them i was like oh no i can't I can't deal with this
0: <laughs> speaking of that though artistically what what's your uh, what's what's your inspiration or who are you really influenced by? I mean, this might be an ever changing process going from your, when you first went to college yeah. uni, or even before that, when you got into art in the beginning, yeah, but music and your, your tastes change or they develop or you, you find a bit yeah. of people through Instagram, for example
1: yeah well that's interesting like because it is like music because over the years there's so many different artists who have been my favorite artists of the time and up until now it's changing like every day I mean I see cool new things on Instagram every day and I'm like oh my god I love that you know when I was when I was at at uni I a guy called Michael Craig Martin was uh, like my absolute favorite artist and um, Kitai but since then it's become a lot more varied what I'm into you know I'm into like graphic artists um, illustrators so like someone who I really really love at the moment is Camille Walala. she's um, a UK based she graduated in textile design but she doesn't specifically do textile design she's a designer she does like murals and like big um installations on buildings um and she's done like some stationery and stuff she's but she's got really cool bold graphic artwork you know so like bold shapes, bold colours um, really highly graphic work and I have to say there is a running theme of people that I like and it's it's colour, I'm just like obsessed with colour so anybody who has like bold, bright clashing colours, I am I love so like my favourite illustrator is uh, Tove Janssen, you know the Swedish illustrator who did the Moomins I'm totally, totally, totally obsessed with her I just love her work so much, her use of colour I just think is amazing and anyone who has bright colors and bold graphics i'm into like the japanese artist takashi murakami i love his work as well bold bold graphics bold colors that's what i like that's what inspires me <laughs> excellent
0: and this comes across in you, in your own work i think
1: yeah color i don't know I guess I've just always been very, very much into color, you know, even in my own fashion sense, like I rarely wear black. I always wear kind of like bright colors, you know, not necessarily that into pattern. Like it could be kind of like block flat colors, color, I guess, you know, coming from a Pakistani background, that actually isn't that's strange because color you know in in textiles in pakistan color is huge you know like pink and orange specifically yeah, right. as as clashing as you can get it that's <laughs> that's how we wear it and that's how i like it <laughs> yeah,
0: that's pretty, you gotta wear it on your sleeve right it's, uh, yeah <laughs> i think that's fine the importance of social media i guess we've talked about that today and your use of social media so once again where can we find you?
1: Instagram, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but Instagram is probably the best place. So at John Smith studio, Instagram, um, and that's John J Smith studio. And then usually uh, on my link on Instagram, I have a link to my website, but just in case you don't see it, um my website is www.jansmithstudio.com. But then, if you're only on Facebook, I do have a Facebook page as well, John Smith Studio at John Smith Studio. So you can find me there too.
0: And uh, drop your line and uh if anyone's interested in purchasing anything or uh, you know yeah get in touch yeah
1: and And all the the prints are all personalized as well so you know if you see something on the site which doesn't have a personalized option you can just drop me a line on instagram and just say i really like this can you personalize it and i'd be more than happy to have the conversation you know or if you've got an idea in your head of something you want to do i could buys as well so just if you're if you're interested in my work and perhaps wants something for yourself or your Kids and or at presents. Presents is actually some the the gift market is actually something which I think uh, my work is quite applicable to because being a mum now we have to go to quite a few birthday kids birthday parties or baby showers and it's quite nice to like give something personal like a personalised print of the the new baby's name or the kid's name. So I think yeah, if you if you if you need of any gift ideas, then definitely drop me a line. Or have a look at the website and see if you like anything
0: fantastic because of course this is the spoken and uh or mostly this podcast is done in the kind of spoken medium and we're trying our best to describe a visual thing yeah so hopefully (laughs) hopefully between the two of us hopefully we're we're getting the message out there but yeah i'll definitely post all those links on our uh, social media uh, oh thanks for asking me to
1: do this craig it was fun yeah all right cheers (laughs)
0: We made it to the end of another episode of Can't Find My Way Home. Big thanks to Zara. You can find the links to her website and Instagram and all the social media on our homepage. Speaking of which, where can you find out more about Can't Find My Way Home? You can find us on anchor.fm, simply search for Can't Find My Way Home. On Instagram at can Home. that dot makes all the difference on Facebook at expat music Pod, That's all one word. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from. You'll find us there. We also have videos, playlists, all of that stuff on our YouTube page. Links below. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next one. Cheers.